Mike Dempsey here for Underdog Fantasy, inviting you to try their Pick'em game. Pick between two to five players and just select whether to go higher or lower on a given stat. Go to underdogfantasy.com or the Underdog Fantasy app. Sign up with promo code 1010XL. That's Underdog Fantasy. Use code 1010XL. Game day is underway. This is the famous automotive tire and quick lube kickoff show. Presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch. Here are your hosts, Mia O'Brien and Tom McManus. Duval! Look here, Monday happened. Let it go. Trevor Lawrence, he's not Gumby. He's inspiration. Defense, I hope you're inspired, baby. Smooth, foyer, I'm looking at you. Let's go, Cleveland. Y'all losing today. Tommy McNeil, take it away. If that doesn't wake you up at 8.01 on a Sunday morning, I'm not really sure what will, Tommy Mac. Welcome into yeah. the famous automotive and quick loop kickoff show brought to you by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch. Thank you to producer Casey Dobson for nice not job, only keeping Case. us on the air, um, but firing us up, ready to go on what you already said to me, Tommy Mac, is a must win oh, game. They put themselves in this spot, didn't they? I mean, look, getting into December, you really do want to uh, you want to win these games, right? You're trying to get battle ready for the playoffs in case you have to go on the road in the playoffs in bad conditions, in a hostile environment. You want to be hardened for that. So this is a big test for them, and they need this victory. Hey, the Houston Texans are nipping. You know, Indy's not too far behind. you got to stay ahead of the pack, and you need this victory today. So big, big, big day today for the Jacks. It is wild to think that if Brandon McManus doesn't miss his first field goal attempt. <sighs> My cousin. If Anton Harrison cousin. isn't called for a questionable hold. Yeah, it's We're talking about the number one seed in the AFC. And instead, yeah. we're talking about a team that only has a maybe two-game cushion because the Houston Texans have the New York Jets today. So I'm yeah. not so sure that it, we even want to call it a two-game cushion yeah. in the AFC South standings. Yeah, um, I mean, look, you could say, you know, if – you know, if our defense showed up, we also that we would have played a lot better. Yep. I mean, we probably would have won that game. I mean, the offense scoring 31 points, you, you should win those games, right? Right. Uh, for whatever reason, again, you know, look, San Fran, maybe the f- first game in Houston, San Fran past uh, Monday night, this defense just is not playing like it did the other games. If it plays like the, the other times, they're stopping the run, they're getting off the field on third down, they're giving the ball back to the offense, they're wreaking havoc in the backfield. Josh Allen did. He had a great game. But the rest, man, they had a they had a rough night on, on Monday night. The Jaguars fell 34-31 in overtime to the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday Night Football. Their first appearance on that program since 2011 ends in a gut-wrenching loss. It also ended with a lot of folks in Duval thinking, Season's over. Trevor Lawrence's season is over. And now the early reports out of Cleveland suggest Tommy Mack. He's starting today against this Cleveland Browns team. Uh, I'm sure you guys have, like, rolled your ankle in a really violent way before. If you've played any sports growing up, especially basketball, you've probably rolled your ankle to where you thought, oh, my gosh, it snapped in half. It broke in – I mean, I've done it before, right? And you're like – Holy cow, like you're thinking, oh my gosh, the worst. And then you find out, okay, it's a bad sprain. It swells up. Now, he had a high ankle sprain, so a little bit different. But then you start walking it off, and you're like, okay, it's going to be okay. But when his foot got stuck at the very end and then kind of 
violently whip back out, I thought, ooh, he, 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 he broke something down there. It had to be. But thank goodness it's not. And, uh, look, he's a tough guy. We need him. He knows it. Um, people playing pain throughout the season, especially late in the year. And, look, C.J. Beathard can totally run this offense. I'd be fine with that. But, you know, Trevor's a, he's, he's never missed a game due to injury, right, from high school, college, and now he doesn't want to do it today. So, um, look, man, he's a tough guy. And, and that will inspire. Like, he, that inspires your team. Your O-line wants to block a little bit more for you, a little bit harder for you. Your defense wants to hit a little bit harder for you. Uh, because you're showing them how tough you are. And they already know that, but coming off this thing, it's uh, he's showing it even more. When I spoke with Andre, Cisco and Evan Ingram about it on Thursday, all they could do was laugh because yep. Cisco said, he's like, I've been getting a kick just as much, uh, a kick out of just as much as the rest of you, yep. of all the memes and the gifts and the videos yeah. online of like how this guy is doing this because yeah. it just has become, you know, this is the yep. status quo. If Trevor gets hurt, Trevor somehow, some way, Finds a way to play. Yeah, well, he's uh, he's a determined young guy, and and look, it you you get injured. I mean, look, look, uh, I don't know if it's the, the exact same uh, spot, but Mahomes comes back after Correct. you know getting it crushed in in the second quarter, so you can come back from it. But look, it's it's a lot of pain. That's the thing. I mean, I uh, and a lot of you, I'm sure, out there have had those kind of injuries or surgeries or knee replacements or whatever, where the pain is absolutely excruciating. So. Once you get through that and you're not going to hurt it more, you know, you're going to tape it up, you're going to keep it tight, then it comes down to just being able to handle it. And we know he's tough. I mean, look, he came back from that knee, ran all over New Orleans, right, on that Thursday night. We're like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? He's got the brace, that clunky brace, blah, blah, blah. And he ends up having one of his be- better nights. He was the nights. leading rusher in the game. He was the leading rusher in the game. He needs to get back to some of that. He needs to get back to some of that. And if he can, obviously with the ankle, we'll see. But – uh yeah, man, it's great that he's he's going to make a run for it. Because I know several of you are keeping score at home. Yes, Trevor Lawrence did miss two games in college, but that oh, was did. not due to injury. Okay. That was due to COVID nineteen protocol. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yes, that, okay, that, that I didn't the know only that. two you. games that he has missed. Okay. In two starts, I should yeah, say, high school, college, <laughs> and an NFL career right. were due to COVID nineteen protocol. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, he has only ever been healthy, never yep. missed a game. Due to injury. So again, let's recap a little bit, Tommy Mack. 34 yeah. 31, the final score. Yeah. A disappointing loss on Monday Night Football. Yeah. Yeah. People want to talk about the Trevor injury. If Trevor doesn't go down, there's no question. I've heard from multiple people that the Jaguars go and win this game. But the defense, I mean, in talking to Rayshon Jenkins on Thursday, yeah. he said they've kind of just dismissed it as, you know, it was a one off. Everybody mm. had their worst game of the season that day. Was there anything for you that suggested this defense? that doesn't look like the defense we saw the first 12 weeks of the season yeah. could linger. You know, I, 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 a, I don't agree with that statement because, I mean, look, after San Fran, what did we hear? Mike Caldwell says, oh, they were a bunch of imposters. It wasn't us. Well, it is you. It's you out there. And when another team comes in real physical, you haven't matched that physicality. I think you are a physical team. So I don't understand why you, like, look, San Fran, you didn't match it at all. Cincinnati, that offensive line took it to our defensive front. They took it personal. I mean, they did, man. They're making it, you know, look, and that's what happens as you get further on. Now you're in December. You're fighting for that spot. You have to up the intensity. You have to up that physicality. Look, I love our defense, right? I don't like the way they played those three games that I mentioned before, especially last Monday night. But to me, if I'm an offensive coach, Mia, my blueprint I'm going to smash them in the face, and let's see if they can stop me. And if you can't stop me, I'm going to keep doing it. And then it's going to open play action. They went in at halftime Monday night. What'd they say? Hey, let's if you get one-on-one, now let's take a shot. 
Before that, it was dink, dunk, you know, a little play action here, run the ball, do this, do that. Then next thing you know, bomb down the sideline. Lull you to sleep. You're not expecting it. One-on-one, boom, hits you. That's what happens when you can run the football, especially late in the season. And they came into into that game ranked 32nd in the league. No, I know. In the run game. And and I think that's where the question also arises of, did this Jaguars defense think this will be a cakewalk? As long as we're out there and we're doing what we do, this will be easy. I I just don't know how you you do that. That's not that's not a Doug Peterson team, right? Would we agree with that? In the the two years he's been here, you would be like, wait a minute. And look, by the way, we we've been told earlier in the year that's what maybe it was, right? Oh, against the Texans, it was. We overlooked Houston. Texans, that was across the board. That was offense, defense, special teams, everybody. Press clippings, we're reading them, all this stuff. We got to go away to get our our mind right. And they did, and then came back. But I tell you, these big games, when you you need it, they – I will say this about this team. The resiliency of this team is when they have a bad week, they usually come back and redeem themselves. They have in the past, right? So I'm expecting them to redeem themselves. I don't care how you win today, Mia. It could be – Ten to nine for all I care. You know what I mean? You just got to find a way to win this football game. Meanwhile, the Cleveland Browns come into this game on a two-game losing streak. The reports early out of Cleveland suggest that Joe Flacco, elevated from the practice squad yesterday, will be the starter. Rookie Dorian Thompson-Robinson has cleared the concussion protocol. P.J. Walker was waived yesterday. And that's where the question really arises, Tommy Mack, of Joe Flacco probably going to dink and dunk you to death, too. And I asked Josh Allen about that earlier this week, and he said, well, hey, Gardner Minshew did it to us week six when the Colts came to Jacksonville, and we were able to contain and hold serve there. Why can't we do it in Cleveland this Well, you harassed Minshew, though, even though he threw for a bunch of yards. I mean, you he he had turnover after turnover. He was rattled. He would fumble. Uh, uh, I mean, to me, he was seeing ghosts after a while. So you've got to do that to Flacco. Now, Flacco, look, he, he was like, Doing nothing two weeks ago, right? Or something like that. He's still, he was on the couch. He still has an arm. In in the words of Justin Pugh. Yeah, right. Straight off the couch. Straight off the couch. He still has a whip for an arm. I mean, he can he can get it down the field. So, uh, but he can't move, and you don't have to worry about him getting out of the pocket or anything like that. Now, with Dorian, you got to wonder: Are they going to maybe throw him in on a few packages? Get us off balance a little bit. We'll see. You know, as the uh, as the game progresses. But look, look, we know this. Jake Browning last Monday night had all the day, all the time in the world, aside from Josh Allen, to throw the football. If you give Flacco that time, you're going to get hurt. You're go- it's it's everywhere in the league, Mia. If you don't disrupt that timing, if you don't hit that QB, he's just going to get more confident, more confident, and keep making throws against your team. I am most curious knowing Jake Browning now owns the record for this season for time to get the ball out at 1.79 seconds in the wow. first half of Monday night's game. Yeah. Can Joe Flacco get the ball out in less than two seconds? Because part of it, and I think, and this is where Jaguar fans have looked, turned a bit more optimistic towards this matchup compared to Monday night's. Yep. Jake Browning had the luxury of a healthy Jamar Chase, mm-hmm. a healthy T Higgins, T, and a time, healthy, right? yep, and a Boyd. healthy Tyler Boyd. Yep. And so you can get the ball out in 1.79 seconds, and you can let those guys create just like yep. Tua Tagovailoa does in Miami with Tyree Kill. You could get the ball to Tyree Kill in 2.1 seconds. He may only be 10, 12 yards into yeah. his route. Oh yeah. But guess what? Yeah. Yards after catch and just 
him being Tyreek and the mere yep. speed he has in a one-on-one matchup, yep. just like T. Higgins or just like a Jamar Chase, that is going to elevate your offense. Yeah, and you, you look, that's part of – we've seen it here with Trevor and Doug, right? Get the ball out quick, first read throws, you know, not taking time to go to that second progression, not having time to go to number three. So, you know, it, that's part of the play calling as well. But you're right, those those three last Monday, we're not seeing – uh, look, Amari Cooper's a, a heck of a player, right? He's going to play, it looks like. He's really their their big-time threat. And Ajoku's a, a very athletic tight end. Yeah, I think he's 10 yards, 11 yards a catch. So, you know, you got to keep your eye on him, of course. But let's make no mistake what they're going to try today. They're going to try to pound that football. We will get to the injury report because I think Najoku and Cooper's status definitely very critical as we look ahead to today's matchup. But you mentioned the Colts game and how the Jaguars were able to harass yeah. Gardner Minshew. They also were able to stop the run, and that yeah. is something that across right. the board, every Jaguar defender I spoke with this week said that was the biggest reason for their stumbles on Monday night was yeah. they did not stop Joe Mixon and the run game. Um, Chase Brown was a revelation yeah. for, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. They run for over 100 yards. This is a Cleveland run game that, as we know, lost Nick Chubb early in the season. Mm-hmm. They ran for 87 yards on 23 carries, the three-headed monster of Kareem Hunt, Jerome Ford, and Pierre Strong against the Rams last week. 23 yard, twenty-three carries for 87 yards. That's a 3.8-yard yeah. an yeah. average clip. It's yeah. modest, right? but if you can hold that to num- them to that number, I would think Joe Flacco is not going to beat you through the air. No, you're right. You're right. So I, I, I keep a stat every week of – the yards per carry, offense and defense. Our defense was at like 3.6 at one time during and, and consistent 3.6, 3.8. They've creeped up to 4.1. Now, 4.1 is not good enough, right? You have to – If I don't know if I've ever told you. You probably already know this, but we had a board, and it was like points allowed. Like if you, mm-hmm. if you, if you allow 17 or less points, you should win. Yards per carry, 3.8 or less. If you hold a team to 3.8, you know, and then down, third down percentage, whatever, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Uh, so it's very important that you, you're stopping the run per rush clip. Like someone could say, yeah, I rushed for 130 yards. Yeah, but it took you 40 carries. So what? That doesn't, that, that, that doesn't affect me because right. I know I'm stopping you on a per run basis. So that's going to be key. Like they, you're right. And they're about 4.2 themselves on offense. So this is going to be a nice rubber match up front. That's why that physicality matters. That's why when you go up there, especially on the road, you got out physical them right from the get go. So they know like, okay, this, this team's here to play and this is going to be a tough out. Early reports out of Cleveland are that the weather is better than expected. We're going to okay. catch up with Frank Frangie in the next segment on the all pro roofing hotline. So he can not only give us some insight into what the Jaguars may look like against the Browns today, yeah. but also play meteorologist. So <laughs> nice. always fun do it. when we have him and Hayes <laughs> Carlion boots on the ground wherever the Jags are playing, and they can give us some insight into not only the game itself, but yeah. the weather too. Hey, we appreciate everybody who's watching on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can stream us on 1010XL. There, you, of course, can also get us on our app at 1010XL and 92.5. And, of course, on the old-school terrestrial radio as well. And you can chime in on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures at 641-1010. Mia and Tommy Mack, love your insight and your thoughts heading into the Jaguars' Week 14 matchup in Cleveland against the Browns. This is the Famous Automotive and Quick Loop Kickoff Show brought to you by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch. The Famous Automotive Tire and Quick Lube Kickoff Show. Presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch on 1010XL.
Welcome back in. This is your kickoff show with me, O'Brien, Tom McManus, and producer Casey Dobson. We will be joined by the voice of your Jacksonville Jaguars, Frank Frangie, here momentarily. But since we know he's on the line and waiting, Casey, you you texted me an interesting stat that I want to make sure that Frank Frangie hears as well. So Joe Flacco is 3-3 three and three against the Jaguars in six starts when playing for the Ravens. And he had a pedestrian 77.1 passer rating in those games and only through seven interceptions. He was sacked 10 times and accounted for only five touchdown passes. I'm ready to turn that into a three and four record. What do you think, Frank? Let's hit the all pro roofing hotline. Let's ring up another guest on the all pro roofing phone line. Some food for thought, Mr. Frangie. Yeah, maybe, maybe I, uh, there's a lot of things at play here. I, I, I don't think Joe Flacco can. By the way, you may be ahead of me. Have they announced Flacco as the starter? They have all but hinted at that he will be the starter okay. from NFL because, Network and ESPN. Okay, because I, I can tell you, I think the the Jags were preparing for both. The difficulty in that, by the way, back to, to your point about it, he's a statue. So he's going to have to get the ball out of his hands quickly. Um, in today's day and age, Mia, of RPO and naked bootlegs and, and, and all the things quarterbacks do as scramblers, he can't do it at all. So it's a different game when he plays. But I will say this. The difficulty in them not naming a starter is that both guys could not be more different. DTR is a guy that's going to run the ball. He probably runs it better, and he throws it right now. He doesn't know defenses. Joe knows every defense, but he doesn't move very well. So I think the challenge for the Jaguars is having to defend or prepare for two entirely different guys. I can tell you this. Midweek, the Jags probably thought they were getting DTR. So uh, if, if all the word is out now that, that Flacco started, that probably surprises me a little bit. But we'll see. Two totally entirely different kind of quarterbacks. Hey, Frank, great to hear your voice, buddy. Uh, look, whoever's at QB, which defense is going to show up today? You know, Monday yeah, well, night the defense yeah. did not play well. We all know that. It wasn't like them, but, hey, they are who they are uh, from game to game. But are they going to get back to that suffocating, stopping the run, getting off the field on third down type D? I think the biggest thing, Tom, and you can speak to this way better than I can because you've had tackles and – uh, up front guys have to keep those guards off you, right? I mean, you know this world better. Oh, yeah. you, you know this world better than anybody does. Uh, an inside linebacker knows this story better than anybody. I don't think the front's playing very well. Uh, Fadakasi did not play well. Devon Hamilton's trying to get back. He's just not back yet. Roy Robertson Harris is a very good player, but he's been up and down a little bit. But I think Roy's the best of the group. Uh, they haven't played well up front. And I think you may see Angelo Blackson back up this week. Uh, he'd actually been playing pretty well. I think that sets the tone for it, Tom. They didn't play well. Devin Lloyd didn't have a very good game, but I don't think tackles were keeping cards and centers off of him. I think the line's got to play better. I think that's the – I'll be interested to see what they do. Fadakasi's had an injury. I'll be interested to see if he's up. Um, Devon Hamilton's got to play a little bit better. He's not back to what he has been before. Uh, That's that's the difference. I think the ends are playing okay, or or the edge guys. Josh Allen's playing very well. I think Trayvon's playing pretty well. But I don't think the front has played very well. So to your question, if the front plays better – They'll be better defensively. Now, look, they got a bunch of Tyson Campbell's down. That wasn't going to be the case midweek, so that's changed. So they got they, they got some concerns in the secondary. But, Tom, I think the front's got to play better. I'm glad you brought up Angelo Blackson, Frank, because that was a noticeable difference for me. And that's with all due respect to Devon Hamilton, who deservedly got a payday this offseason. But he just right. doesn't look up to speed after missing nine weeks with whatever the non-football illness and back injury were. And there was a gaping hole up the middle that there hasn't been when Blackson has been in there. And so I am curious to see, because I asked Doug earlier in the week about it, and he said, 
you know, Devon continues to progress. We were happy, you know, strength-wise where he was on Monday night. Yep. But there's a noticeable drop-off for me, and then that directly affects the likes of a Devin Lloyd and a Foya Lewican at the second level. Uh, without, I mean, linebackers are only as good as the line in front of them. It's like a running right. back in an offensive line. I mean, you got to have those guys uh, keep it off you. You know, look, hey, let's – they re-upped all of them, though, right? I mean, Roy Robertson-Harris got a new deal. Devon Hamilton yeah. got a new deal. Of course, Forley was a big-time free agent. Those guys got to step yeah. up and earn that check, man. Yeah. Well, Roy's, Roy's played pretty well. Roy's is up and down, but Roy Robertson-Harris has been pretty steady. He's been the best of the group. Devon, you, you could not have predicted what was going to happen with Devon. Nobody saw that coming. It was not football-related. Uh, when, when Devon finally tells the story of what really happened, uh, what he what he's going through, People will certainly understand the truth. But he's trying, man. He's a good team guy. And the, the thinking, Mia, to your point, they want Devon up because when Devon gets back to being Devon, he's better than all of them. So, so, but they don't think he's going to get back to being himself until he plays some. They know he's not playing at the same level. I think if they had it to do over again, Blackson would have been up last week. I think he's going to be up this week. Now, look, he's no great player, but he's, but he's probably he's physical. I mean, he, he weighs 325 pounds. He's a big physical guy. I think they'll continue to rotate those guys. Ledbetter's played okay in there. But until Devon Hamilton gets back, to your point, Tom, to playing the way he did, you, could, you couldn't have get. You could, he deserved to get paid. Nobody could have realized something was going to happen from a health standpoint. He's got to get better. Foley's got to play better. I and mean, if Foley's had an injury, uh, um, you know, I'll, I'll be I'll be interested to see if he's up. Uh, he's not played very well. He's had some injury problems, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah, he told me Wednesday and Thursday he's playing, so we'll see if that is indeed the case. Yeah. One more on the defense, Frank, before we flip it over to the offense and get to some of the important questions. We had so many questions in the offseason about the nickel. Who will be the third corner? Mm. Who will be the nickel? Trey Herndon goes down with a concussion four plays into Monday night's game. And from that moment forth, the defense looked lost. He has already been ruled out of this game. Greg Jr., to his credit, did, did as good as he possibly could have. You know, as well he played as well as he possibly could have. Yep. But my question is, was Trey Herndon the glue all along for this defense? And are there now questions with him already ruled out of this afternoon's contest? Yeah, I don't know if I'd go glue, but certainly played pretty damn well. Better than they expected. Here's the deal with an NFL team. You can't be deep everywhere. They're, they're, you just can't. There's no, there's no team that's, that's got great players starting and backing up. It just doesn't work that way in the league. So, so there's going to be some areas where you're not very deep. They weren't. They couldn't find the nickel they wanted. They brought in Antonio Johnson. They brought in Greg Jr. They And Trey beat them all out. Trey Herndon was playing at a very good level because what Mike Caldwell wanted him to do. He's a very good blitzing nickel. He's very good in run support. And he became a good man coverage on the third best guy that really reared his head against Cincinnati, who's got three really good guys, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and uh, Tyler Boyd. That's three really good guys. There's not many teams that have three guys that are that good. And that's when in, in, in a game where you don't have Herndon, it rears its head. As for the nickel, I think Gregory Jr. will start at nickel. I think you're going to see some Antonio Johnson, particularly in big nickel. I think you're going to see some Dewey in big nickel. I think now with Trey out, you've got to mix that up a little bit. But to your overall point, yeah, he was playing really well. He, he was he was playing better than anybody expected him to play, as was Darius Williams. So when guys in the back end play better than you expect them to play, that helps the cause. Yeah, they missed Trey Herndon. There's no question. Yeah. And the front was playing better then as well. And you're right. To your Correct. point, Mia, that was fourth play of the, 
of the game, and that that might have got Mike Caldwell gun shy sending that nickel blitz because that's how he got hurt on that blitz. As far as communication, I'm sorry, backup starter. Everybody's got to know everything that goes on out there, Frank. You know that as well as anybody. I don't know about the crowd noise. They wouldn't have to worry about that, I guess, (laughs) for the defense this time around. But I know we're going to get into, obviously, number 16. But real quick on the offensive line, who is my starting five Ezra's a guard, or is Ezra going to play some left tackle? How do you see it going down throughout the game? They'll announce that today. My guess will be Ezra Cleveland at left tackle and Tyler Shatley guard. I think Ooh, that's what you're going to see. Okay. I think I, I think I think what you're going to again. They're not. They haven't announced that, yeah. so I'm not. I'm not going to be the guy that announces it. But my my guess is that's what you'll see. Blake Hans can play over there at left tackle some, and leave Ezra at left guard. But my guess is when they announce the starting lineups, you're going to see Ezra out, outside of tackle. And Shatley at guard, and again, that's that's a guess. Uh, he's been careful not. I think one of the reasons they haven't announced it, I don't know if they're sure. I think they probably practice both. Tom, I'm guessing they practice Blake Hans over there as well. But I think when they play, you're going to see Ezra out there at left tackle. By the way, I, here's what I will say: they love Ezra Cleveland now. They yeah. think they found something. Oh, yeah. They think they found something there. They 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 traded for him for a reason. I think they feel like they found something. So that would be my, my guess: would be Ezra outside and Tyler Shatley left guard. I'd be surprised if they don't start the game that way. And look, the, the line. That posi- those positions haven't been the problem. Uh, Anton Harrison's played well. Whoever's played at left tackle's been okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a shame both left tackles got hurt. they got to get better play from the center. It's not yep. playing very oh, yeah. well. And they, yep. they got to get better play from the right guard. Yep. I, I think if you went back and looked at the tape, I know my two guys go back and look at that tape, and uh, those are the positions they're concerned about. I, I will say, they've the, and Sheriff will play better. He's the veteran guy and Luke's the young guy. Those two spots have to play better. I, I think what's fascinating about the Ezra Cleveland trade, Frank, in hindsight, is – He's a guy who wanted to play left tackle in Minnesota, obviously kind of fell out of favor after the injury, and he is in the final year of his rookie deal. But also, you knew this team was going to have to invest a day one or a day two pick along the offensive line for a second straight year, given all the problems you just alluded to, and potentially saying goodbye to Cam Robinson and his boatload of money that he is due in 2024. And so what I think is interesting is that Instead, you get a day-one starter who you can plug and play for a sixth-round pick, which is the absolute masterclass. But now, let's say Ezra does play left tackle today and he plays well. We know Walker Little's nursing the hamstring injury. The goal is to obviously get your best five out there, but the Jags could kind of have a logjam once again next season, could they not, if they re-sign Ezra Cleveland? Yeah, but I think Ezra Cleveland's still left guard moving forward. I'm pretty confident in that. I I think you'll see some – you know, I wouldn't necessarily assume that everybody's where they're playing now is where they're going to play in the future, Mia. Uh, but but you're right. The overall point, the larger point, the one you just made. If you have a lot of good players up there, you'll figure out where to play them. That that's that's the most important thing. My guess is if they get Ezra re-signed, which I know is the plan, they really like him. I think he's going to be their left guard moving forward, and I think that position is going to be set. I don't think he's going to be the left tackle as they move forward. But it's good to have a guy that can play out there, right? And if if indeed he plays left tackle today, if that's the way they go, with he at left tackle and Chadley left guard, it's nice to have a guy that can do that. He had 40 starts at left tackle at Boise State. He has not played tackle in the NFL. But I think he's a guard with the Jaguars moving forward, regardless of what he does today. He's a very athletic guard. There's no doubt about that. I'm glad you mentioned Fortner and Sheriff. They definitely got to get – I mean, Sheriff especially. I mean, he's a violent guy. He needs to get back uh, some of that violence. Hopefully – they do that today. What do you think the offensive game plan is uh, for today, uh, uh, Frank, against the Browns? You would say logic would say you got to run the ball, right? I mean, you're, even if Trevor plays, then I think he's going to give it a go. That'd be my guess. Uh, nobody knows that. I don't think he knows that yet. But logic would say it's going to be cold. 
your quarterback. Remember, he still has got a knee. Now he's got an ankle and a knee. You know, you got three running backs that you like. They're all going to be up. Keep an eye on Dearness Johnson. I'll get to that in a minute. But but I think you got three running backs who are going to be up. You got a quarterback that's hobbling a little bit. You got an opposing offense that's not going to score a lot of points if they're very good defensively. This has to me 13 10, 16 13, Tom, written all over it. And in that kind of game, the team that runs the ball wins the game. So I think you're, I think, remember now, you don't, you're, you're down Christian Kirk. You're still down Jamal Agnew. It's a cold day. Your quarterback's beat up a little bit. Logic says you run the ball. I think you'll see that. By the way, Dearness Johnson, Dearness Johnson got a little knee thing. They, they put him on the injury report with a knee thing. There's no chance he doesn't play. He's one, he's a great guy, by the way. He's a guy that really embraced his time with the Browns and then kind of got caught up in the Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. You know the drill. He took that kind of hard. He wants to play in this game. Okay, I'm telling you right now, Dearness Johnson, you couldn't keep Dearness Johnson out of this game, no matter how hard you tried, and, and I can promise you that's the talk in the building. So you're going to see you're going to see Travis Etienne. He's still nursing the rib a little bit. Dearness has a little bit of the knee. You'll see Tank. But I think look for 25 a bunch today. That'd be my guy. I think a lot of people looked at Monday night's box score, Frank, and they saw 2.8 yards per rush for this Jaguars team as a whole, and they said, oh, no, that, that's, that's a problem. If you actually look in, the, in between the numbers, Dearness Johnson was unfortunately struggling. He had five carries for four yards. But Travis Etienne still averaged over four yards a clip, and that's with that rib injury. And so I'm curious, can you diagnose for us why the run game has had troubles at times but maybe we saw a glimpse of Travis getting back to what we saw in the first half of the season on Monday night. They're not blocking, Mia. That's the answer. <laughs> I, 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 they're not blocking. I, I, I think yeah. I, Travis Etienne is, is not all of a sudden a guy that averaged four and a half, all of a sudden averaged two and a half. That's not who he is. Now, he's beat up a little bit. I, I think that. I still think he's a more explosive runner than he is a downhill guy. I think Tank Bigsby's probably their best downhill. I mean, come right at the downhill guy. But they got to block better. I, the, the the real reality is, and no one wants to talk about it because they're all trying. But the unit on this team that struggled the most is that offensive line, and more specifically the interior of the offensive line. And we all know that. We we all know that's why they went and got Ezra Cleveland. That's why they want so badly for for Luke Fortner to play better. That's why if they do bounce Cleveland outside and play Shatley today, they want to be more physical in the interior. So everybody knows. The interior of the offensive line is what's got to play better. And, and again, you don't want to call guys out because they're all out there battling. But I think if you ask, I think you went around and asked, what's the problem? Where the yep. team struggles? I think it's the interior of the offensive line. Yeah, and a lot of that's timing, Frank. You know how they run the they, the zone blockers for the most part. You know when you take, you know right. some of those running plays take time to develop. Uh, you got to hit the hole at the right time. You know it's all based on timing. I want to see more of that off tackle. I don't know what they call it. It's power, or whatever off tackle where they pull the guard. You know the the wide receiver kicks out the corner. The guard seals coming right. around, and it's right up that lane. And Etn he really he really flourishes on that play. So instead of right up the gut, like I, I agree with you, let's get him outside a little bit more and and use that speed. And and he's so good with his vision, man. That that to me is a play they've been missing. To, and to do that, and you know this, Tom, you have to have athletic guards to do that. Oh, okay? no doubt. And, yep. and an athletic backside tackle to do that. Yep. And that's what they, they've had the tackle. Your guards, have, I think Sheriff's played banged up a little bit. You know, they've, they've, they've had different guys playing left guard. I mean, remember now, they, they've poured a lot. Walker Little's been all over the place. You know, Shatley played for a while. You have to have an athletic guard because that guard, the play you did, the kick out that you just talked about, the guard's got to run guard's got to be able to run yep. and so i think that's part of it but yeah i think some combinations of various 
run looks is what you're going to see today. I, 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 I definitely believe that. One more before I get your ex-player for the Jaguars and ex-factor for the Browns, Frank. But I'm curious, knowing that there's a Christian Kirk-sized hole among the skill players, Parker Washington obviously going to be asked to do more. What else do you think they do at the wide receiver slash tight end position to fill that void? Yeah, I think uh, I think <laughs> run the ball to running back. <laughs> but I but I hear you. Uh, Parker Washington's going to start in the slot. Uh, he's going. He's now they'll move other guys in there. Zay can move in there some. Zay is so smart. He knows every spot. He knows the X, the Y, the Z as well as the, the guy that starts those positions. So I think you'll move him. I think Elijah Cooks will be up today. I don't know if he's going to play very much, but I think he and Tim Jones will both be up. But again, I don't think you remember you're down some guys. I when you're when you're down the, the offense runs through Christian Kirk and everything. Everybody that's a, that's how the offense starts. That's how it runs. Well, when one of those guys are down, the other guy is really important. So you got a pretty good idea where I'm going to go with my X factor. The but I, but I think as far as the wide receivers go, uh, Parker's going to play in the slot. I don't know that he's going to get a lot. He'll get some balls, but I think it's again. I think it's the day they run the football. I really do. All right, and your X factor for the Jaguars. Without further ado, and your X factor for the Browns, Frank. Evan Ingram, without question, um, he will be the with other than Trevor Mia, with Christian Kirk out. He is by far the most important offensive player. I'll say that again. With Christian Kirk out, other than Evan, other than Trevor, who's Trevor, he is by far the most important offensive player. He caught nine passes a week ago. He finally got in the end zone. He's caught 73 passes this year. And there's five games left. He's caught 73, but he is by far, by far, by far the most important offensive player now uh, for the for the Jaguars. So I think by far he's my guy. I, I think if the if the the Browns do anything at all, they're going to be great defensively. We all know that. It's who plays quarterback. I, my, my, my plan on my planned answer for this was going to be DTR. But now you got me thinking he may not start. I don't know what the Browns are doing. I'm pretty connected to the Jaguar folks. I'm not really connected to the Browns. But I think whatever they do at quarterback, they're, going to, they're not very good on offense. They're very good on defense. If Flacco plays and throws two touchdowns, that's a problem. If DTR plays me and he gets loose for a 50 or 60 yard, 50 or 60 yards of running, that's a problem. The key for the Browns is what can they put together? What can they manage a quarterback with Deshaun Watson no longer available this season? The key for the Jags offensively is you got to get the ball to number seven. Well, Tommy Mack already said to us, even if Joe Flacco starts, you would think DTR may have a package or two. Oh yeah, and he cleared, he cleared and the perfect. protocol, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 I, I, he, he was a, he was full go this week, Wednesday and Thursday. He was a full okay. go. Again, I expected him to play. I, again, you're kind of, and I haven't been on Twitter. Shame on me. <laughs> but you guys. Breaking news for me a little bit. I, I my expectations were the DTR was going to be their quarterback today. So if Joe Flacco is their quarterback, it's a totally different game. But I agree with you, Tom. Even if Flacco's your quarterback, he's probably going to go in there and run some of that RPO stuff. I'd be very surprised if he does. Yeah, no doubt. All right, no Frank. Doubt. Well, thanks so much for taking yeah. some time. We appreciate it. Twenty more minutes, uh, then you have to work on the uh, on the bottom line. So we appreciate you as always joining the famous automotive and kick famous automotive kickoff show right here on Ten Ten XL. All right, happy to do it. Have fun, guys. See you. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Frank. There he goes yeah, on the All-Pro Roofing Hotline. He, of course, will have the call of today's game at 1 o'clock with the Hall of Famer Tony Baselli, Jeff Lagerman, and Bucky Brooks. A bit of other breaking news from Cleveland, by the oh. way. The Browns and safety Grant Delpit have agreed to terms on a contract extension. Oh, nice. And, yeah, fascinating to see. Right, <laughs> fascinating to see teams that actually yeah. do contract extensions during the season. During the year, right. Obviously, Trent Bulky and the Jags have more important things to focus on, like getting a win today a whole lot more to do on the famous automotive kickoff show right here on 1010xl we'll head into the locker room we will hear from hayes carlion boots on the ground up in cleveland and a whole lot more you are listening to 1010xl and 92.5 fm 
the famous automotive tire and quick lube kickoff show presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch on 1010XL. Towards our number two of the famous automotive kickoff show right here on 1010XL. Mia O'Brien, Tom McManus. We, believe we will be joined by Hayes Carlion live coming up in the 9 a.m. hour. Ever. He also stopped by the Jaguars locker room before he flew to Cleveland. And so we'll catch up with Dewan Smoot a little bit later in this segment. But before we head into the Jaguars locker room, there's some important business to take care of, Tommy Ooh. Mack. Okay. The personal injury attorneys of Farah and Farah present this injury update. Farah and Farah. Jacksonville. Exclusive injury law firm of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to hold it up for you on the laptop. Uh-oh. I'm going to hold it up for our YouTube audience, even though the camera is very, very far away. You guys have seen it on Twitter. Oh, yeah, it's massive. You know. Oh, yeah. The injury report for the Everybody Jaguars out. and the Browns reads like a mini novella. Yeah. It yeah, no is doubt. the longest that I have seen between two teams in quite some time yep. here in Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, and that that's a credit to Jeff Ferguson and the training staff because yeah. this Jaguars team did not have to fight much attrition right. on the injury front last year. They really didn't even in the Urban Meyer year as well. And so this may be uncomfortable mm. and concerning for Jaguar fans, but yep. as so many players in the locker room told me this week, and you could speak to it, Tommy, this is the nature of the NFL by week 14. It is. I mean, you're no doubt about that. I mean, guys are banged up. You know, and questionable, eh, it really depends how you feel early in the week. You know, and like you said, you do, you do you practice on Wednesday? Do you practice on Thursday? Do you practice on Friday? You know, if you don't participate in Friday, you're probably not going to play. You know, doubtful to me is like you're closer to out. Questionable to me is you're closer to in. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Mm Because you could be, I got a shoulder. Well, what does that mean? Well, I don't know. I may have a small tear in my rotator. Uh, It's just got inflammation. It's sore, you know, whatever. Well, can you go? I don't know. Then by Friday, you're like, hell yeah, yeah, I can go. So I'm in. You know what I mean? So, but that is a long list. But that's part, look, guys get dinged up. You ask any of those old linemen, they'll give you five or six places that hurt. Elbow, shoulder, wrist. You know, my knee hurts a little bit. My ankle, I rolled them a couple of times. I got a hammy. You know what I mean? I mean, these are what you go through uh, throughout the season, especially late in the year. So being healthy is huge for you to have success further down. Everybody's playing hurt. You just have to make sure you're not playing injured. Injured. Which the Jaguars have three players on their active roster that have already been ruled out of today's contest before they even warm up in Cleveland. That includes the aforementioned Trey Herndon, who remains in the concussion protocol. He did not travel with the Jags. Actually, check that. It's four players. I forgot there was one added, which we'll get to in a second, yesterday. Walker Little with the hamstring injury ruled out of this contest. Brenton Strange with the foot injury he suffered on the Friday practice prior to Monday Night Football. He was walking around the Jaguars locker room with a boot on Thursday. He has been ruled out. And then Tyson Campbell was downgraded from questionable to out with a quad injury Mm. that he suffered during overtime of Monday Night's loss. And that was, of course, after Tommy. He missed a couple weeks with the hamstring injury. And I'm not going to lie. I had multiple people text me and tweet me and send me emails about this. He lost money on Monday Night Football. There's no question about it. Yeah. Absolutely. It's tough, man. It's tough when you get beat. Uh, you know, I'm, you know, in his defense, he got beat by some really darn good players. There's no doubt about that. And, and look, you know, when, when I've always said me, and it's true, uh, pressure and coverage go together. Look at Darius Williams. He was having a monster of a year, but guess what? We were pressuring the QB. 
You can't allow QB time to sit back there. They're good. It's it's like look, if you're a backup quarterback in the in the NFL right now, and I'm not blanket statementing this, but for a lot of them, um, are you as good as a starter? No, you're not. But guess one thing you can do: you can throw the football, and you know where to go with it. And if you have time, and your guy's even slightly open, you're probably going to make the throw. If you have no fear of getting hit, you're confident as all hell standing right there and making throws because nobody's hitting me. Nobody's in my way. There's no push up front. I don't have to slide very much. The pressure on the outside's on occasion. I can handle that. Other than that, you give me all day long, I'm going to make throws. So you got to have the pressure consistently. And, yes, Josh Allen and, like Frank said, and Trayvon, they've been good. And Josh has been very, very good. It's that interior that we're not seeing enough push. And, look, a Trey getting hurt uh Early, that nickel blitz was a big part of Mike Caldwell's, you know, attack mode and strategy. So we got it. Like whoever's in there, with uh, junior, whatever, let's keep doing that. Like you got to pressure those guys. Safety blitz, nickel, uh, Aluakin and Lloyd up the A gaps. I mean, let's see some pressure today to make sure that quarterback doesn't have any time to throw the football. Absolutely, because the design pressure is part of this scheme. Whether your front is actually as physical as you want it to be or not. I mean, there's a reason. Boy, Aluakin came into the season with seven sacks in his whole career, yep. and then he had two in a two-game span. Yep. Because he's called upon, and because right. and he can Mike blitz. Caldwell, right, he can blitz, good. which he loves to blitz, he told me. Heck yeah, man. And guess what? At that juncture of the season, Devin Lloyd was playing pretty darn good. Yep. And Mike Caldwell deemed, hey, we can leave Devin back there to man the rest of the second level, mm-hmm. and we can allow Foyer to make plays. But that can only happen if there's the trust in 33. I'm not sure there was that trust last weekend. Yeah, he had a rough no- uh, night. But look, I, like like Frank said, when those linemen come off on you, it's it's a tough night, and it'll screw your head up. You know, it'll get a y'all. And then if there's play action, and now you're like, you could be you know tripping on acid for all. You know what I'm saying? Like you're you're out there, like because it's it's demoralizing. Then you get frustrated. And then you're like, man, I'll, I can't. Can't get these guys off me. I'm making tackles five yards down the field. These guys are having free reign. Then it's a play action pass. I'm thinking run because I've got to be next thing you know, I'm I'm just lost. I will say this. I love the game that Mike Caldwell was a Luakin blitzing. They call it uh some, I forget what they call it. It was against the of, Texans, right? No, no, against Cincy. Oh, they did do it against I, Cincy. It wasn't a sack, but it was a great hit on the QB by Josh Allen. So Foyer comes up to the tackle, wipes him up, and then Josh comes underneath, and, man, it was a great hit on the quarterback. Just a tiny second quicker, and that's a sack and a a bone-jarring hit where the ball comes out. So we got to see more of that today. Um, But, look, at the end of the day, if I'm only getting pressure from my outside guys, then what does my guy have to do? He's just got to step up the QB. But if I get pressure Or run the ball up the middle. Or run the ball up the middle. But if I get pressure up in his face, then what? Now he's got to slide out. Well, if they both start working, he's got nowhere to go, basically. So that's what we hope for today. Four players listed as questionable. That, of course, includes the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. But, again, he is expected to work out pregame. And by all accounts, it sounds like he will try to give it a go on that high ankle injury. Dearness Johnson, Travis Etienne, and Foley Fadokasi also listed as questionable. Spoke with all three of those players this week. Sounds like they're going to be ready to give it a go, especially after hearing from Frank, who spoke with Dearness Johnson this week as well. Meanwhile, for the Cleveland Browns, they have four players listed as questionable, but that includes Amari Cooper, who, as the NFL Network and ESPN reported yesterday, did pass through concussion protocol and is expected to play. And I think, and I know Coach Campo said this throughout the week on XL Primetime, that significantly changes the the complexity of their offense. 
defense. Oh, having without, I mean, he's your deep guy. I mean, he's averaging like 16 yards a catch. That is, it's getting the ball down the field. And what that does is put pressure on that coordinator to keep that safety over the top, especially with Tyson out. And especially with my, my rush not really being there. Now, if the rush somehow just becomes fantastic today, it'll help us in coverage, no doubt about that. But, yeah, Coop is a guy, he, he can get down the field. He's a big playmaking machine. Uh, even on the quick hits, if you don't get him down, he can take it for a good bit. So uh, he definitely changes that. Look, if you can't – we've seen it here. You can't take the top off with somebody, right, with a, a, a receiver – it, it can hinder your passing offense. You take the top off, guess what it does? What it does. A, you got a chance to go downtown, but B, it opens up everything underneath. That's why Christian Kirk has been so successful. You send Zay, you send Ridley down the field, flush Ingram out too. Next thing you know, one-on-one with Captain Kirk, and he's making plays. Parker Washington's going to have to do a couple bits of that today as well. Denzel Ward, questionable officially, the star corner for the Browns. He has not played since November 19th. I know some Jags fans upset on Twitter this week. It always seems like these teams have injured players, but when it comes time to play the Jags, they must miraculously (laughs) come back. So that'll be a situation to monitor. They will also be without the rookie tackle, Dewan Jones, who's actually been playing pretty well despite falling to day three in the NFL draft. He is their only question mark on the offensive line, which, of course, is paramount if this really is going to be a battle of the trenches in Cleveland. All right, before we get ready for the 9 o'clock hour, we do have to head into the locker room, Tommy Mack. All right. Before he jetted off to Ohio, Hayes Carline caught up with Jaguars veteran defensive end outside linebacker, do-it-all defensive lineman, Dewan Smoot. We're pleased to be joined with Jaguars defensive end, Dewan Smoot, here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. It's great to see you. How are you doing? Good to see you as well. I'm doing, doing well. Congratulations on being the team's Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. What what did that mean to you, Dewan? Uh, it means it means a lot to me. I mean, it means a lot that one of my peers they recognize what I'm doing out in the community. More than anything, it means like just setting an example for the people in the locker room and everyone else. Just you know how to get it done and you know what you should do in the community. Tell us about the work you've done in the community, creating the school and, and, and things of that nature. Yeah, I mean, just recently, me and my wife, we, we created a bilingual school for, you know, for younger kids, all the way up from like infant, infancy all the way up to five years old. So, I mean, we're, we really worked on that project for the last two years. But, uh, you know, throughout the years, I've I worked with multiple organizations like Better Dad Society, devoted a lot of time with, with them, devote, um, and donated a lot with them as well, too. Also with the um, Big Brothers Big Sisters and just a host of other Jacksonville <laughs> things, you know. So yeah. That's awesome. Do you get the – are you starting to feel that Jacksonville is home for you? Oh, it's already been home for me. I mean, I've, I've, been, <laughs> I've been saying that for the last four years. I mean, me and my wife, we, you know, we plan on staying here for, forever, so it's definitely home for sure. Awesome. Uh, looking at football, short week this week. What's uh, what's the week been like from a preparation standpoint? Um, preparation standpoint hasn't been too bad. I mean, we, we kind of just jump straight into it. Like it's kind of like, kind of like very similar like a Thursday night. We just kind of jump right into it after one day off, and you know you just get back right back into the groove, and right back in it for sure. Cleveland is not announcing their starter, so we don't know if it'll be Flacco or the rookie DTR. How does that change how you approach the game? I mean, at the end of the day, we know what they're trying to do. They're still the Browns. They're going to try to run the ball. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter what what quarterback steps up. I mean, we'll be ready for either one. And, you know, based off if it's a running quarterback or if it's Flacco, we got to prepare for that and just little small tweaks. But more than anything, we just got to focus on stopping the run. That's something that we weren't able to do last week. You know, we're trying to recover from that. You guys obviously may not have some of your key guys uh, Sunday. That communication piece, how important is that for the young guys stepping in into those roles to, to be mindful of what they're supposed to be doing out there? 
I mean, I, I think the, a lot of the young guys, they've been with us for what is it, what, what week are we in now, like 14, 15? So, I mean, they, they know what they're doing now, you know, um, and the communication has is, is gotten through, you know, first string all the way down to the third string. So I think they're going to be ready for sure. You've been now back for a while. Are you pleased with, with how things are going for you? Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm feeling like I'm hitting my stride last game. I feel like that was one of my better games. And, you know, my, my Achilles is getting better and better each week. You know, I'm almost there. Right there. <laughs> in terms of uh, looking at the, the season you guys are having as a team uh, in a very strong position, how exciting is that as you go into this final stretch of four or five games? I mean, it's huge. It's, it's definitely a place that we wanted to be. You know, we first talked about it in the beginning of the season, you know, setting ourselves up for the postseason and being in a really good place to get first place in the AFC. So we just got to focus on one game at a time, making sure that we're winning each each and every game going forward, you know, so that way it can set us up and wherever the cards fall, that's where they fall. Juan, you guys have been so great on the road. Is there anything you can put your finger on as to why you guys are undefeated away from Jacksonville? It's just a time where we, we really connect. You know, it's, it's just us. You know, and like uh, I feel like back in London, that's where we really cultivated that that culture of just like us just being together, just vibing and stuff like that. You know, that's that's just something that we have to be able to do more, you know, here. Maybe maybe go to a little more dinners, you know, just spend a little more time with our brothers. But we'll see. Sure. You've been teammates with Josh for a while. How cool is it to see him having the season that, that Josh Allen's having? Oh, it's huge. I mean, I'm, I'm just so happy for him. I mean, he's put in the work. He's been he's been working for the last, you know, four or five years just consistently. And, you know, in the offseason, I watch him work as well, too. And I'm, I'm just so happy just seeing, like, the fruits of his labor all coming, you know, coming to fruition. And I'm just so proud of him, for sure. Dewan, thank you so much for your time. Once again, congratulations and best of luck on Sunday. Thank you. And a double dose of the hammer is headed your way because we have Hayes Carline standing by on the other side of this timeout. He is live in Cleveland, and he joins us next. Hour number two of the famous automotive kickoff show brought to you by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch coming up next right here on 1010XL. The famous automotive tire and quick lube kickoff show presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch on 1010XL. We had to let it simmer, Mia. We had to let it simmer. We needed to let it behind oh, enemy lines. Behind <laughs> enemy lines. Brought to you by Hello Windows and Doors on 1010XL. I was gonna say we needed to shred because the embedded and shredded is here. Some shred on the air guitar is. Hayes Carlion joins us live from Cleveland. This is Behind Enemy Lines, brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. Hayes, I apparently dropped the ball and didn't ask Frangie, so I'll lead the, off with you with this. What is the weather in Cleveland as we speak to you at 9.07 a.m.? Hey, Tom and Casey, it is uh, always love some ACDC. It is uh, AFC North weather here. Uh, it is really cold, really windy. Uh, the flags are moving incredibly fast, and uh, it's it's going to be certainly a mental challenge today for these guys getting out there and uh, and battling through it. Not the worst possible conditions. There's no snow, but it's uh, it feels like about 30 right now, and there's wind gusts to about 20 miles an hour. Hammer, great to hear your voice, buddy. Hey, what's your uh, what's your biggest concern going into this game for our Jags aside from keeping number 16 healthy? Yeah, Tom, I think it's the attrition around him. Uh, to lose Christian Kirk, I think that's a monumental loss. But because of the Trevor injury, it's sort of been put on the back burner because of uh, how, it, obviously, Lawrence is important. But to lose Christian Kirk, I think, is going to be a real test for this offense. He's their most dependable receiver. 
Uh, and he's a great playmaker and, and just a, a you know a, a great leader out there. So to not have Christian Kirk, to not have Tyson Campbell, to not have Walker Little, uh, to not have Trey Herndon, that that that's a lot. That's a lot. So for me, it's it's the communication aspect. I think defensively because that was a real issue, and and you know that was uh, I was disappointed that they they said well it was the crowd that was so loud, you know, Monday night, it, it, yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, you're a defense. You've been doing this your whole lives. Uh, you got to get the communication part right. And so, you know, I think that's a concern with Herndon being out, Tyson Campbell being out and, uh, and certainly offensively, you know, well, will the, I think it's a fair question. Will the receivers be in the right spot when they're supposed to be there today? You know, when you talk about Parker Washington and Calvin Ridley. So I, I, I think, the communication and the operation of it is uh, is going to be paramount. And, you know, again, it certainly appears like Trevor's going to be active, and, you know, that's a testament to his toughness. But will he be able to move much at all? And, and so it's, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of challenges today that start with the Jaguars before you even get into the challenges that Cleveland presents. Speaking of lineup shuffle, Hayes, what do you anticipate the offensive line looking like today? My guess is Ezra Cleveland's at left tackle and then Tyler Shatley's at left guard. And, you know, again, that's, that's asking a lot. Ezra Cleveland's been here for about three weeks now and hasn't played tackle at this level. Now I obviously played it in college, but I, you know, I, I think it's, that's tough. I mean, that is a, uh, that's, that's, that's a tough way to go about things. You know, Miles Garrett's not a hundred percent either, but he is a outstanding player. Uh, and so you have to hope that he doesn't wreck the game for you and, uh, and, and, you know, really get after Trevor. So I, I think uh, it's interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see how well it will work. Um, but uh, I was talking to John Osher about this last night. He made a good point. Uh, in the NFL, when you have to do something like this, it usually works once. So hopefully today will be the day it works for the Jaguars, and then maybe they'll be able to get a little healthier at that spot and get Walker a little back. You know, Hank, or Hammer, you say, like, uh, we're hearing all this talk about being out of position or not hearing the call or not knowing the coverage. You know, wide receivers being out of position. Look, I've noticed Calvin Ridley out of position a few times the past few weeks. I can even see the players looking at him like, what what are you doing? Like, why, why aren't you in the right spot? I'm just shocked that that's not, like, no pun intended, hammered down to the team. Like, that's no excuse. I don't care if you're the backup. I don't care if you've never, you know, started on the field. you got to know all the calls. you got to know everything that happens mentally in that game. And I'm just surprised that Doug Peterson team would have those kind of issues. It is surprising because the, the book on Calvin Ridley was, oh, God, he's just such a great route runner. Well, you would think that that means he actually knows the route. (laughs) And, you know, obviously he doesn't have the grasp on it that you'd like him to have. You know, Parker Washington, I can kind of give him a little bit of a pass. It's his, you know, first extended action Monday night. And uh, obviously he made an incorrect read on the play in which Trevor got hurt. But but with Ridley, it's been multiple, multiple issues pretty much in every game. And, it, it it is surprising considering that is the, his reputation. Well, oh my gosh, they're getting such a great route runner. 
well, if he doesn't know the route, how can he be a great route runner? And it, it really is. Uh, it's something that I, I, I do think has been disappointing that we're this far into the season and a veteran player like Calvin Ridley is still having to be helped so much by the others in terms of what to do. This is behind enemy lines after all. So Hayes Carlion joining us on the All-Pro Roofing Hotline. Take us to Cleveland. What is the sentiment there? I know there's been reports that it will be Joe Flacco under center, not the rookie Dorian Thompson-Robinson, and the confidence on the streets up there in Northeast Ohio. I think they're confident because they see a team like that's dealing with the attrition they're dealing with. So, uh, you know, obviously if it's Trevor Lawrence versus Joe Flacco, that's a tremendous advantage for the Jaguars, but uh, Cleveland's been dealing with just significant injuries all season, going back to Nick Chubb and the devastating knee injury that, that he suffered. And But it's, it's desperation time for the Browns. I mean, I, I think they view this as, you know, you're running out of games here and, you know, they need to, they need to make a move. And, and so I, I think there's a sense of desperation in the city. Uh, for the Browns that they've got to get this one today and take advantage of the fact that, you know, the Jaguars not only are beat up, they're recently beat up. So they haven't been playing, you know, in this, with this lineup for a few weeks. Like Cleveland's at least, they're beat up and they've they've had a lot of attrition, but they've been dealing with it for a long time now. You know, they, they got beat up early in the year. So I think if, I think the Browns are hopeful that with a lot of this being new for the Jaguars, that they'll really struggle today. But, I mean, everybody, I think, on both sides expect a really, really ugly game today. I mean, I, I think, we, you know, the weather, the, the, you know, the fact that you are going to see so many backups at, at key spots for both teams. I mean, I think the first one to 17 has an excellent chance to win. Yep. And, and I would be disappointed if Cleveland scores more than that. I think the Jaguar defense, you know, after getting – embarrassed Monday night I mean hopefully they'll they'll come and and play with an edge today particularly up front where they're not dealing with the attrition that the secondary is yeah no doubt about that and look with the Steelers loss uh, recently the Browns they they need this win uh, just to stay in in pace with the rest of the wild card it's a big game for them I expect them to pound the rock you mentioned it uh we gave up five yards of carry against Cincinnati Hayes but uh we that's not like us to do that uh, are we going to see the defense that we're normally used to seeing shutting down the run and getting off the field on third down? Because last week that that didn't happen. It didn't happen. I, I do think that the defense will play well today. I I think that I think the defense is going to do enough to get the win. I just worry about the offense being able to to manufacture uh, things because I I don't think and, and I thought this four weeks ago. I don't think the Jaguars are going to be able to block Cleveland. And so I just think when, when, when that is, I think, almost a lock, it's hard to expect you're going to score, you know, 24 or more points. Uh, and so the Jaguars may hit a couple of things. But, uh, but I, I, think, I think defensively the Jaguars are going to shut Cleveland down. It's just, to me, it's a question of can, and again, hopefully Trevor is out there. It seems like he will be. Can he hit a couple just wow plays to Ingram or Ridley, whoever, that you know lead to scores and you're able to get out of here with a 17 to 13 kind of win? But I, I, I would be surprised if if Cleveland is able to to be physical against this Jaguars defense. But I have I have real concerns about whether the Jaguars offensive line is going to be able to open anything up uh, against the Browns. Since you hinted at Miles Garrett, real quick, Hayes. They have four players that were listed as questionable. However, Miles Garrett, 
quote, not injury-related rest shoulder, did not practice on Wednesday. Similar situation with David Njoku, who did not practice Wednesday or Thursday as he's resting a knee injury. So as much as there's four players listed as questionable, there's several other players that they're being precautionary. Joel Batano, the the star guard as well, another one of those players. And so if you could just, for our listeners, kind of give an idea of if those guys are 100% healthy, even if they do not have a game status designated. Miles Garrett's the real big one because he clearly isn't himself. Uh, he had a shoulder injury like two weeks ago and really didn't play well uh, in their last game against the Rams. And so, you know, Miles Garrett is is certainly he's always a guy to watch, but but even more so today because is he himself? Uh, and if he is himself, he's probably going to be pretty livid about how it went last week. So, I I, I think it starts there. Amari Cooper is one that I was really surprised is going to be active today. He was in concussion protocol and dealing with a rib injury. Uh, Amari Cooper is an excellent receiver. I think he's one of the more underrated receivers in, in the league. And, you know, with a player like Flacco, if he if he does have time, you know, with his, you know, his, his arm strength, you know, that could be an issue uh, within, you know, particularly with Tyson Campbell out. So uh, Amari Cooper is one to watch today because uh, I didn't think Cleveland would have him. And the fact that they do, I think, is going to be a, a boost for their passing game. Miles Garrett, uh, look, he's he's Chris Jones capable of disrupting your oh, offense. Yeah. And you know what? If he's not feeling himself, watch. They'll put him over the center. We've seen the uh, the Browns do that with Miles Garrett. He'll move all over that def- that offensive line to find a weakness. So I know Fortner struggled a little bit. Sheriff has as well, but. Don't be surprised if they put Garrett up on center guard in that A-gap, whatnot, and see if he can get anything done against those guys. Yeah, no doubt about it. I'm sure Miles Garrett watched the film and said, yeah, I want to line up over uh, that center as much as I can. Right. So, uh, yeah, I would think that – but, it, I mean, to be honest, yeah. I, I, frankly, at this point, I think Harrison's who I would trust the most, which mm-hmm. is saying yeah. something. Right. You know, I mean, he's a rookie. But I don't trust Ezra Cleveland at left tackle because we've never seen him do it. I certainly don't trust Fortner or Sheriff, and Shatley athletically can't match up with them. So uh, wherever Miles Garrett is today, yeah. he's got an enviable matchup. I think it's safe to say, Trevor Lawrence, if he does play, you're going to have to get the ball out quick because yeah. of that ankle injury and going to have to get the ball out quick because of who his offensive line is lining yeah. up against. Hayes, before we let you go and get ready for coverage today, uh, a score prediction, please, sir. I think Trevor's going to play. I think that'll be the boost that the Jaguars need. So I'll say Jaguars get out of here today with a 17-13 to victory. Woof! Going to be ugly, but hey, if it's a dub, that is what this game is judged on. Judged on dubs. Thanks so much, Hayes, and safe travels back to Jacksonville. Thank you guys for getting me in a little earlier. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Right, and no should be worth noting, as Carlion picks the Jaguars by four, the line at my bookie has slid mm. from a three-point favorite in the Cleveland Browns to two and a half. Okay. And so, they get three for home field. Typically, is that yep, still the, mm-hmm, the yep. norm? So money's starting to come in on the Jags. Okay. I think that's a lot of the optimism that Trevor Lawrence will indeed be the starter. I'm, I'm fairly, if Ezra's our left tackle, I'm fairly con- He's really athletic. He's big and he's got a good temperament, man. He does like to get after people. I think he's athletic enough and big enough to play left tackle. So I'm not really concerned. Now, granted, going against Miles Garrett, don't get me wrong. Anybody's going to have, you know, some issues there. But overall, I think he can hold down the fort at that position. 
position. As much as we've talked about the defense feeling like they have something to prove, I was told the offensive line feels like they have something Absolutely. to prove. And they are going to be great on Sunday. Beautiful. Let us pray. A whole yep. lot more to get to on the famous automotive kickoff show right here on 1010XL. We'll head back into the locker room, but first our keys to the game that's coming up on the other side of this timeout right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Starting your game day. The famous automotive tire and quick lube kickoff show. Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch on 1010XL. Now the keys to the game. Brought to you by Instant Keys, fast, professional, honest locksmith service. We've heard from Frank Frangie. We've heard from Hayes Carlion. We've gone into the locker room. It is time now to hit our keys to the game for tonight's game between the Jaguars and the Browns. Without further ado, Tommy Mack. What is the biggest key for you in this matchup? Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's old school. I know and it's cliche, but you got to out-physical the other team. You just have to. It's, it, look, it's great to have all this, you know, skill set players, you know, that can run and do all this stuff. But at the end of the day, if you don't win in the trenches, if you don't control the line of scrimmage by being more physical than the other team, you probably are not going to win the game. So out physical the Browns from the very first snap all the way through to the end. And I think Josh Allen was asked specifically about that this week. And one reporter wanted him to concede and say the word soft which he did not say the word soft. Yeah, I wouldn't say soft. But he said the physicality against the Bengals was not to their standard. Right. He also stressed when I asked him about all the missed tackles, he said how in hindsight, yes, there were missed tackles, but those missed tackles were generated by an inability to stop the run. And so that for me is paramount. I agree. This team lives by the mantra, you stop the run so we can have fun. If you cannot make this Browns team one-dimensional – then you put yourself behind the eight ball basically from the jump. Yeah, which will lead me into the second key. If you let Joe Flacco beat you, no disrespect to Joe. It's great that he came off the bench. It's great that he's starting again in the NFL. But, look, he can still throw it, and he knows the the offense already, so he feels comfortable doing it. He only averaged, like, I think it was under four yards a pass last week. And I did have yeah, two 5. touchdowns. Yeah, 5.8, but was yes. It, it was low. It, it, it was, was low, low at first, yes. Yeah, so the I Dinking don't, and dunking. He's going to try that, but he can still get it down the field with Amari Cooper. But at the end of the day, you can't let Joe Flacco beat you today. Go up there and take care of this team and win this game. And for what it's worth, Harrison Bryant actually finished as the leading receiver against the Rams last week for okay. Cleveland with five catches for 49 yards. And mm-hmm. so even if David Njoku is not at full speed, he had two catches for 17 yards right, last week. Right. I think you still have to account for that tight end position, which means – Devin Lloyd, linebackers, yep. safeties. Ray- Rayshon, yeah, if you're bringing yeah. Rayshon over, then, yep. you know, does that mean Andre Sisco has to help Buster Brown? And so, as yep. much as this is not the Bengals with their three-headed monster at wide receiver, sure. there's still a lot of pieces that this defense will have to account for. Absolutely. And like you said, if you don't stop the run, they're going to be even better, you know, because that's, that's what happens. All right, better on third down. I mean, for the defense, because we were really good mm-hmm. all throughout the season. Last week, we weren't good at all. I think we gave up almost 50% on third down. So get back to that. Stopping the... It all leads into it, right? Everything we're saying, you stop the run, you give yourself a chance to get off the field on third down, right? Now, third and long, you shouldn't let them convert. You should have enough pressure on that QB, disrupt that timing of the throw. Never in a a run should do that. Maybe a screen if you get caught off guard, but you should be getting off the field on third and long, and the only way to do that 
is to stop the run. The Bengals were 8 of 14 on Monday night. That's Terrible. a 57% clip oh, on third down. Awful. I think part of it was that Monday night football's broadcast built up the Jags as such a great team defensively on third down. Oh. Now the Bengals struggled offensively on third down and vice versa for the offense and defense of the Jags and the Bengals. Yep. Um, and then obviously... Everything they said, the opposite happened right. on Monday night. Offensively for the Jags, I think one area that they can, quite frankly, they're going to have to lean into is Travis Etienne has had his biggest bulk of success when he is able to hit the edge. Yep. The Rams did find some success in the run game when they hit the edge. Puka Nakua on a couple of reverses. Uh-huh. I, I don't think, you know. you have, off guard, misdirection. You, you have Calvin Ridley um, at times. The reverse yep. with him yep. has looked, the jet sweep has looked effective. You won't have Christian Kirk to do that. You yep. have Parker Washington. Maybe you try to sprinkle that wrinkle into the offensive game plan a little bit. But I think that it's paramount that you say to Travis Etienne, find the edge. Yep. Also, don't hesitate. Hit the hole and go but maybe not so much this in-between-the-tackle. Perhaps that's where you lean into Dearness Johnson and, dare I say, Tank Bigsby a little bit more because mm. this is expected to be such a physical matchup. But for ETN to have success, Travis needs to be hitting the edge. Yeah, a lot of times running up the gut is just to try to keep him honest. I mean, you hope there's a hole there that he can break, and sometimes they do, but you're trying to keep that defense honest. Hey, listen, we talked third down for our Jags. The Browns are number one in the league on defense. They give up only 27%. That's like one out of every four you're converting. So we got to be better on third down. I am a little concerned with in the, in the fact with Trevor and that ankle because if he can't run around like he when he does that to me makes his game even that much better. He's going to have to stay inside the pocket kind of thing. Not a lot of misdirection, rollouts, depending on how his ankle is. But you got to make sure that you uh, take care of him and convert on third down more times than not. The two plays offensively that are undefeated for the Jaguars this season, the rollout to Evan Ingram yep. and the out route to Calvin Ridley. You're right. Both require some left-to-right agility on the part of Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And so I need to be able to see that from the jump if the Jaguars would have success on offense. That's one route Ridley wins every single time. Undefeated. Mina, every, Mina no. Kimes went through the numbers. You're right. It's, it's almost time. a 90% completion percentage. Right, right. But like he said, he's he's got to know the rest. <laughs> or maybe just do that or maybe a, a you know a, 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 a tug and go you know type of thing stop and go type route but he is on that route he is absolutely and, and and Trevor can fire it in there from all parts of the field so I like to see a little bit more of that for sure and Trevor's stressed that his arm is good yeah. to go right that's that's a non-issue for him he, oh he's yeah no gonna doubt. be able to throw the ball yep. it's just a matter of that lateral agility um one real quick off the text line brought to you by lifetime enclosures sure. which we appreciate everybody who's chiming in and the hundred plus of you watching on youtube right yeah, now man. leave a comment send us a text at 641-1010 uh five four five is wondering about elijah cooks we heard frank frangie in case you missed it in the eight o'clock hour said he thinks he will be up with christian kirk obviously put on the reserve <laughs> yeah. injured list on friday yeah. I want to see them throw him the ball. Me too. <laughs> because he, what we saw in training camp, and knowing this guy is pushing 26 years old, he's an older guy. Yep. Yes, he's a rookie, but he's clearly been in the system now for months. Yep. He knows the yep. system, he's or at out least there. it feels like it, and they yep. trust him enough to put him out there. Right. He is big and fast. I think he could be a, a mismatch for somebody, especially in the slot. I'd like to see that too, without a doubt. He, I've been calling for him all season long just to give him a chance. You know, I know I know you got all these weapons, right? But look, somebody's gonna have to step up today. I will say my final key or one of my last keys is the cuz. It's gotta make every kick. He's not my cuz. Same last name, same spelling. 
Uh, the only two McManuses spelled that way ever in the history of the NFL. Did you know that? Really? I, I, I yeah, did not. I learned that uh, yeah. in the offseason. I was like, wow. That's I would think cool. that's the only way to spell McManus. No, there's an IS out there, too, oh, I've seen. The Patriots weird. had a DB with an I at McManus. I would always but anyway, and he's been great. I, look, you're going to miss. That was a long one to miss from. Don't get me wrong. But if he can just be, man, three of three, four of four, I think we're going to need those field goals today. So come on, cuz. Although you're not my cuz. <clears throat> get it done. Uh, I have some. Uh, okay, go forth, Casey Dobson. Yeah. Uh, I saw you waving to us. I thought that was because we have to take a break, but no, go, no, go no. ahead. No, I, I just, you know, I want class particip- participation. Uh, from a fan's perspective, stop dropping the dang ball. And can we get a defensive score? We were this close last week with Josh Allen. Let's get one. Hey, uh, Foyer, I'm repping you, baby. Let's get one into the end zone. Yep. Let's go. And if you go back through the history of this team and Doug Peterson's two years at the helm, those big wins, especially following a Trevor Lawrence injury or a disappointing loss, whether it was against the Titans last year in Nashville, which ironically, Trevor hurt on the same day. Oh, back really? to back years, December fourth. Oh, wow! Just throwing That's that one into the deep. ether, and then obviously he bounced deep. back with a four touchdown performance. So right. let's just throw that out there. And it was some nasty weather in Nashville too, lest right. we forget this day last year. Yep. Um, but also, you know, you go back to the MCL injury earlier this year, and they responded not only with a sound game plan in which yep. they got the ball out quick against the Saints, but Foye Lewican with a pick six. And oh, so uh, this defense, I think, will respond because. They were very honest about it in the locker room. They got embarrassed on national television. It all starts up front. And you, not just one guy, not just two guys. You, all five of you got to get it. Though. Those three interior guys, like we've been saying, they've got to have good games today because we know what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to pound the rock. They are. Um, Forty, I think, is the, the, the biggest threat right now, right? Jerome Ford, he's yes. at like 4.3 yep. yards carry. So just hey, Kareem man. Hunt is still there, but Jerome Ford right. has kind of become the lead back yeah, for them. Yeah, Kareem hasn't Chubb's had that absence, big of absence. a year as he banged up. I don't know. It's, it didn't look like he was having that big of a year. But regardless, they are going to try to pound the rock to set a tone and establish a line of scrimmage. We That's, that's what I love about this team. They do redeem themselves after a loss. And they're going to come together on the road. I love being on the road because it was, it was like that movie 300. You know what I mean? It's us, and we got us, and – you know, Jacksonville against the world, yeah, Duval yeah, versus on. all y'all. Yeah, exactly, and you uh, you go in there with that attitude, and you fight back. You show them that you're you're here to play. It's they're gonna have a they're gonna have a big day today. I to, feel really good about the team. To your point, I think what Frank Frangie brought up on the All Pro Roofing Hotline is also important. If Angelo Blackson is up, will Devon Hamilton also be up? Do you see a situation where both those guys are on the field at the if, same time to stop that run? If Foley's not. Yeah, but the thing with Dev- the the only problem Devon the the biggest problem Devon has is he gets too high when he gets tired, and I, he's a mountain of a man. I mean, he's a big big guy, but when you stand tall, they get underneath you, and then you're moving. And you saw last week when the defensive linemen are in the laps of the backers, the backers cannot make plays at the line of scrimmage. It just isn't going to happen. So they have to be very, very stout. So to answer your question, yes, but I only think they're both out there if maybe Foley isn't healthy. Those are our keys to the game brought to you by Instant Keys. One more segment to go on the famous automotive kickoff show brought to you by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch. We head back into the locker room, my conversation with Parker Washington, our final thoughts and our score predictions coming up next right here on the Superstation. 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The famous automotive tire and quick lube kickoff show presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch on 1010XL. 
hours away from kickoff between the Jaguars and the Browns right here on 1010 AM, 92.5 FM. O'Brien, Tom McManus with you till 10 AM. I keep wanting to say Bengals, Browns, two teams from Ohio, Tommy right, Mack, right. but two very different ball clubs, at least from what we've discussed over the past hour and 43 minutes. One we know more of a finesse, offensive first passing game, even despite yep. not having Joe Burrow on Monday night. And now the Jags turn their sights to a smash mouth. Cleveland Browns team. Yeah, well, they don't have their QB either, right? Deshaun Watson out for the year, so they're going to have to do something. It's interesting, the guy they just let go. Didn't he help them beat uh, KC? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> not Kansas City. It was somebody else, but oh, yes. okay. Yeah. No, San Fran. San Francisco. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. They beat San yep. Fran. So, yeah, this is going to be a smash-mouth kind of game, man, my kind of game. I, I, I love these kinds of games, and uh, hopefully the weather's not a too big of a factor. Right? You don't want the ball slipping and sliding all that, kind of, or your feet. Um, but, yeah, this should be a nasty one. This will be fun. It does sound like most of the precipitation has passed through Ohio Good. and instead is on its way here to Jacksonville. Oh, we boy. will take that because the Jags, of course, are up in Ohio, and so yep. we'd rather some dry weather, especially knowing that Trevor Trevor Lawrence still battling that ankle injury. Yep. No Deshaun Watson, no Nick Chubb for the Browns, right. no Christian Kirk for the Jags. That means we will see more from the six-round rookie, Parker Washington. I caught up with him earlier this week in the Jaguars' locker room. Pleased to be joined with Jaguars rookie wide receiver Parker Washington. Parker, emotions for you these last four days. I know you were just telling some other reporters. Your phone's blowing up. Everybody's calling you. But you also got to turn around and prepare for another one. Uh, no doubt. You know, it's, it's about the next week. You know, I wish we didn't come up short this past week, but we got to move on and get ready for this weekend. I'm excited. Uh, continue to grow. Continue to be the best I can for the team. Wherever I got to step up, I can't wait. What was the biggest area that you said, I did this really well, and the biggest area you said, this is where I need to grow after Monday night? You know, um, I feel like what's going to help me grow is, like, this week of practice, you know, being able to get all the reps. Uh, I got a lot of reps this week of just being in the huddle, hearing the plays. I feel like that's the, the moment of growth for me. And then on top of that, I feel like just being able to step up in the opportunity, I feel like that was big. So I feel like with this preparation and this week, I feel like I'll be ready to go this weekend. I think my personal favorite part of Monday's game was when you make the catch in the end zone and every draft pundit on Twitter starts pulling up their old takes from February saying, we said he had the best hands in the class. Look at it now. How much did you pride yourself in your low drop rate at Penn State? I mean, um, I try to treat it as uh, any any football in the air. I got to catch it. Um, you know, if it, if it doesn't in the play with it in my hands, you know, I kind of I feel like it's my responsibility. And, you know, that's my job as a receiver. You got to make the plays for, and make the quarterback job easier. So I feel like that's where it comes in to play each each play in, the, in those opportunities. We're talking on Thursday. What was your reaction when you walk out onto the practice field today and 16 is out there? Oh, no, that's a cool opportunity. You know, you see, I used to watch him back in the day, uh, Clemson days. So just being able to be his teammate and not have an opportunity uh, to catch uh, the football with him, I feel like that's a good opportunity. And um, I don't want to take that for granted any day. We were just talking with Andre, and he said he's like Twitter and TikTok and Instagram. They're they're all saying like, how is this guy healthy? How does he bounce back like this? I know some people have called him Gumby. Uh, have you guys talked about it as a group? Like how he keeps doing this? Uh, you know, I just just look at how God works. Um, you be able to keep him strong and healthy, you know. And it comes with a mentality at the end of the day. He has a strong mentality and a leadership mentality. So he's going to be here for his team. So I feel like he does a great job. I know you took some responsibility for that play when we talked to you afterwards. Um, your conversations with him, your conversations with Chad and the rest of the crew, 
afterwards and how you can improve maybe on that area? Yeah, you know, it's been it's, it's a growth for me, you know, being a rookie, putting that uh, putting that uh, position, you know, it's a lot of responsibility. You know, I made some mistakes out there, but that's where you got to grow and you can't get down on yourself. You just got to continue to attack each and every day, stay where your feet are and continue to grow. I feel like I've did a, I've done a pretty good job and took some leaps this week, so I'm excited for that. We don't know if Denzel Ward is officially active yet, but obviously that's a pretty ferocious defense that the Browns have. Initial impressions of them. Oh, no, great, great team, great defense. Um, you know, just like each week, it's going to be a tough battle to win, so we got to come out there ready to go. Um, I feel like we did a good job in prep, preparing for them, and I just can't wait to go out there. Last one for me. You're pretty used to these cold-weather games from Penn State, so you're probably licking at your chops on, like, some of these other guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty used to it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be cold. I know all about it. I'm excited for it, but, you know, it might be have to put a long sleeve on. Probably not, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> as much as I know you want to score a couple touchdowns, I think you'd be okay with a Big Ten score, and, a, and, a, and as long as it's a Jack. Jaguars win, right? Uh, you know, you, we definitely want to come out with the win, whether it's gritty, whether we get to uh, catch a lot of passes. We just want to get the win this week. Awesome. Parker, thanks so much. I appreciate you. Tommy Mack, you know a thing or two about those cold weather Big yeah, Ten man. score games, too. Yeah. It's funny. This team hasn't really had to play a lot of those games, and part of that is they haven't played the AFC North a whole lot the last three, four years. Right. They're going to have to pivot to that today, but yeah. it, if there's any game they can kind of – go back to and say maybe this is a blueprint for success given the elements and even if there is no rain up in Cleveland I go back to that Thursday night game against the Jets last year part of that was obviously playing Zach Wilson um the other half of it was the Jets were defeated yep the third part of it is Chris Trevler uh Tim Tebow light still tried to make a last-ditch effort in the second half to march down the field just QB run after QB run you take that out of it though and Doug Peterson and company approached that game as let's get a lead Let's not sit on it, but if we kick field goal, field goal, field goal, field goal, and we win 19-7, to right. there's nothing wrong with that. I think that has to be the game plan heading into today. Oh, just finding a way to win. You know, you you, you got to come away. And it, it doesn't matter. Like, And we can sit here on Monday and critique, you know, the, the things that weren't good. And that it wasn't electric enough. Right, and- whatever. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's winning that game. I want to see a full 60 minutes out of the entire team. Have we seen that yet? You know, all three phases, no mistakes, you know, really on fire, on rhythm, a lot of intensity, shutting things down. You know what I mean? Like, we haven't put a team away yet, you know, when we do have a lead. Doesn't mean you always have to have touchdowns, but you got to stop them from catching back up, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then still trying to stay ahead with scores, of course, but... Uh, at the end of the day, man, you let, let's see a full 60 minutes from this team. And that that's the upside. You know, you can look at it right now. We're 8-4. and four. Yeah, Monday night wasn't good. The other games that they lost weren't good. But what's the upside? They still haven't played a complete game yet, right? I mean, they yeah. haven't. The offense has been like – before Trevor got hurt, he was having one of his best nights. I mean, he was having – he was Statistically, one of the best nights he would have had in his dimes. career. Yes, and he was really – you know, the great flow, great rhythm and all that. So, uh, I just want to see a full game from this team. But it does start from that opening kick to out-physical the Browns. You got to do it today. Get, look, next five games are what? We're getting playoff ready. Well, I don't care who we're playing. It doesn't matter. We're on the road against Cleveland. They're fighting for their playoff lives. We're trying to stay ahead of the game. This is going to be a knockout, trying to drag them out type game. It's going to be a fun one. If there's one thing we've learned during the Doug Peterson era, this team seems to respond better when it's back is against the wall.
Our thanks again to Parker Washington uh, for yeah. going inside the locker room with us. If you could put money on it, yep. Tommy Mack, before we go around the league and then we get to our score predictions, anytime score for the Jaguars. I'm not going to have you put down actual money on it, but anytime okay. score, who do you predict gets into the end zone for Jacksonville? Today? Evan Ingram. I think Evan Ingram's going to get into the end zone today. My number two would be Travis. Mm-hmm. He'll get into. I don't know if Trevor will, you know, just with the ankle. I don't know how mobile he's going to be, how aggressive he'll be at the line, you know, diving in and that reaching the ball over, what have you. But, yeah, I'm going to – Ingram's got to score. You know, he's he can be a dangerous, dangerous weapon and is a dangerous weapon, but, yeah, I'll go with those guys. We know that the Jaguars have struggled in third and short situations, and so – I said to somebody, maybe this is the game where Tank Bigsby redeems himself, especially maybe. if Trevor can't perform the Duval dunk because it's now affectionately being called okay. the Lawrence leap. Um, <laughs> if he is limited and he cannot perform a quarterback sneak if it's not yeah. game ready. <laughs> Everyone loves that one. Yeah. Um, I think this is where you look at Tank Bigsby and Dearness Johnson and you say, this is your time. I look, I go Dearness first just because Tank hasn't held onto the ball well enough for me. But if he does get that chance, I hope he uh, does does a great job. Uh, he's got talent. There's no doubt about it. But he's got to secure that football. And and today's not the day. We're I think we're plus three. They're minus eight mm-hmm. in turnovers. So we need to take advantage of that today. Uh, if you are a fan of sports betting, I've got some good news for you. Oh, my friends at my bookie now have the Jaguars as just one and a half point underdogs. Ooh, the money's moving. That line has slid from three on Friday to mm-hmm. two and a half at the start of our show this morning to one and a half. Meanwhile, the Houston Texans opened as five-point favorites at the New York Jets today. That line has also slid to three. Oh. Do with that information what you will. The Indianapolis Colts, meanwhile, two-and-a-half-point underdogs. That line has also moved at Cincinnati. Okay. Some food for thought as we get our score predictions beginning with producer Casey Dobson. Uh, Yeah. So, uh, real quick, too, just to – uh, include the uh, conversation from earlier. Um, have you guys seen the AT&T commercial called The Sound of Silence where there's a camera in front of the player? I believe he's the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Dougie P needs to look into that for that defense, but that's for future, okay? But for this game, speaking of defense, we're going to win the game 20-13 to 13 on a defensive touchdown. Nice. I like it. I like it. Tommy Mack, I know you said defense yeah. has got to – Rule the day if this team has a chance to win. Yeah, I'm going 17-16. I think it's going to be a tight, tight game. Um, you know, you never know when you're on the road. You never know. Look, Cleveland could – all it takes a little, you know, a little success on the ground, and next thing you know, Flacco's feeling good, and they're moving the ball. You know, it can happen that quick. So, But I think we're going we're gonna to step up. We're going to take it to them. And we're going to out-physical this team and come away with a victory. The Jags are 5-0 and on the road, 6-0 and away from Everbank Stadium. The Cleveland Browns are 5-1 and at home this season. They have allowed just 10 points per game at home. That included a victory over the San Francisco 49ers. My bookie has the over-under for this game at 35-and-a-half, mm. which surprisingly is not the lowest total that they have in the NFL this, this weekend. This week? Oh, wow. Yeah, they have 33 between the Jets and the Texans. Some funky stuff happening okay. up there at MetLife. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not go oppo last week. I will go oppo this week and say that the Browns gut out a win 17-13, and it's ugly. Wink, wink. Do with that information what you will. Uh, you all know uh, I'm a little 
I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious, though. Okay. Tommy Mac. You're, so. you're a little stitious. Just a little stitious. Okay. Our thanks to Frank Frangie. Our thanks to Hayes Carlion for calling in from Cleveland. They will be boots on the ground throughout the duration of today's game. And, of course, Frangie on the call with the Hall of Famer Tony Baselli, Jeff Lagerman, and Bucky Brooks beginning at 1 p.m. Right here on 92.5 FM and 1010 AM. For producer Casey Dobson, for Tom McManus, I am Mia O'Brien saying so long. The Public's Tailgate Show with Brian Sexton, J.P. Shadrick, Mike Dempsey, and friends comes up next right here on the Superstation 1010XL 92.5 FM. We will catch you later.